Chapter Sixteen of Narda the Lily by H. Rider Haggard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Um Slopagas ventures out to win the axe. Now many moons had gone by since Um Slopagas became a king of the wolves, and he was a man full grown, a man fierce and tall and keen, a slayer of men, fleet of foot and of valour unequalled seeing by night as well as by day but he was not yet named the slaughterer and not yet did he hold that iron chieftainess the axe groan maker still the desire to win the axe was foremost in his mind for no woman had entered there who when she enters drives out all other desire ay my father even that of good weapons times indeed Slopagas would lurk in the reeds by the river, looking at the kraal of Jikiza the unconquered, and would watch the gates of his kraal, and once as he lurked he saw a man great, broad and hairy, who bore upon his shoulder a shining axe, hafted with the horn of a rhinoceros. After that his greed for this axe entered into Umslopagas more and more, till at length he scarcely could sleep for thinking of it and to galazi he spoke of little else wearying him much with his talk for galazi loved silence but for all his longing he could find no means to win it now it befell that as umslopogas hid one evening in the reeds watching the kraal of jikiza he saw a maiden straight and fair whose skin shone like the copper anklets on her limbs. She walked slowly towards the reeds where he lay hidden, nor did she stop at the brink of the reeds. She entered them, and sat herself down within a spear's length of where Umslopagas was seated, and at once began to weep, speaking to herself as she wept. Would that the ghost-wolves might fall on him, and all that is his, she sobbed. Aye, and on Massilo also. I would hound them on, even if I myself must next know their fangs. Better to die by the teeth of the wolves than to be sold to this fat pig of a Massilo. Oh, if I must wed him, I will give him a knife for the bride's kiss. Oh, that I were lady of the ghost-wolves. There should be a picking of bones in the kraal of Chikiza before the moon grows young again. Um, Slopagas heard and of a sudden reared himself up before the maid, and he was great and wild to look on, and the she-wolf's fangs shone upon his brow. "'The ghost-wolves are at hand, damsel,' he said. "'They are ever at hand for those who need them.' Now the maid saw him and screamed faintly, then grew silent, wondering at the greatness and the fierce eyes of the man who spoke to her. "'Who are you?' she asked i fear you not whoever you are then you are wrong damsel for all men fear me and they have cause to fear i am one of the wolf brethren whose names have been told of i am a wizard of the ghost mountain take heed now lest i kill you it will be of little avail to call upon your people for my feet are fleeter than theirs i have no wish to call upon my people wolf man she answered and for the rest I am too young to kill that is so maiden 
answered Umslopogaas, looking at her beauty. What were the words upon your lips? As to Jikiza and a certain Masilo, were they not fierce words, such as my heart likes well? It seems that you heard them, answered the girl. What need to waste breath in speaking them again? No need, maiden. Now tell me your story. Perhaps I may find a way to help you. There is little to tell, she answered. It is a small tale and a common. My name is Zinita, and Jikiza, the unconquered, is my stepfather. He married my mother, who is dead, but none of his blood is in me. Now he would give me in marriage to a certain Masilo, a fat man and an old, whom I hate, because Masilo offers many cattle for me. Is there then another whom you would wed, maiden? asked Amslopagas. There is none, answered Zinita, looking him in the eyes. And is there no path by which you may escape from Masilo? There is only one path, Wolfman, by death. If I die, I shall escape. If Masilo dies, I shall escape. But to little end, for I shall be given to another. But if Jikiza dies, then it will be well. What of that wolf people of yours? Are they not hungry, Wolfman? I cannot bring them here, answered Amstopagas. Is there no other way? There is another way said Sinita, if one can be found to try it. And again she looked at him strangely, causing the blood to beat within him. Hearken, do you not know how our people are governed? They are governed by him who holds the axe, groan-maker. He that can win the axe in war from the hand of him who holds it shall be our chief. But if he who holds the axe dies unconquered, then his son takes his place, and with it the axe. It has been thus indeed for four generations, since he who held Groanmaker has always been unconquerable. But I have heard that the great-grandfather of Jikiza won the axe from him who held it in his day. He won it by fraud, for when the axe had fallen on him but lightly, he fell over, feigning death. Then the owner of the axe laughed and turned to walk away. But the forefather of Jikiza sprang up behind him, and pierced him through with a spear, and thus he became chief of the people of the axe. Therefore it is the custom of Jikiza to hew off the heads of those whom he kills with the axe. Does he then slay many? asked Amstopagas. Of late years few indeed, she said, for none dare stand against him, no, not with all to win, for, holding the axe groan-maker, he is unconquerable and to fight with him is sure death. Fifty and one have tried in all, and before the hut of Jikiza there are piled fifty and one white skulls. And know this, the axe must be won in fight. If it is stolen or found, it has no virtue. Nay, it brings shame and death to him who holds it. How then may a man give battle to Jikiza? he asked again. Thus, once in every year, on the first day of the new moon of the summer season, Chikiza holds a meeting of the headmen. Then he must rise and challenge all or any to come forward and do battle with him to win the axe and become chief in his place. Now if one comes forward, they go into the cattle kraal, and there the matter is ended. Afterwards, when the head is hewn from his foe, Chikiza goes back to the meeting of the headmen, and they talk as before. All are free to come to the meeting and Jikiza must fight with them if they wish it, whoever they may be. Perhaps I shall be there, 
said Amstopagas. After this meeting at the new moon, I am to be given in marriage to Masilo, said the maid. But should one conquer Jikisa, then he will be chief, and can give me in marriage to whom he will. Now Amstopagas understood her meaning, and knew that he had found favour in her sight, and the thought moved him a little, for women were strange to him as yet. If perchance I should be there, he said, and if perchance I should win the iron chieftainess, the axe groan-maker, and rule over the people of the axe, you should not live far from the shadow of the axe thenceforward, made Zinita. It is well, wolf-man, though some might not wish to dwell in that shadow. But first you must win the axe. Many have tried, and all have failed. Yet one must succeed at last, he said, and so farewell and he leapt into the torrent of the river and swam it with great strokes now the maid zinita watched him till he was gone and love of him entered into her heart a love that was fierce and jealous and strong but as he wended to the ghost mountain from slopagas thought rather of axe groan-maker than of maid zinita for ever at the bottom of slopagas loved war more than women though this has been his fate that women have brought sorrow on his head fifteen days must pass before the day of the new moon and during this time umslopogaas thought much and said little still he told galazi something of the tale and that he was determined to do battle with jikiza the unconquered for the axe grown maker galazi said that he would do well to let it be and that it was better to stay with the wolves than to go out seeking for strange weapons he said also that even if he won the axe the matter might not stay there for he must take the girl also and his heart boded no good of women it had been a girl who poisoned his father in the kraals of the halakazi to all of which some slopagas answered nothing for his heart was set both on the axe and the girl but more on the former than the latter so the time wore on and at length came the day of the new moon at the dawn of that day umslopogaas arose and clad himself in a mucha binding the she-wolf's skin round his middle beneath the mucha in his hand he took a stout fighting-shield which he had made of buffalo hide and that same light moon-shaped axe with which he had slain the captain of shaka a poor weapon with which to kill jikis of the unconquered said galazi eyeing it askance it shall serve my turn answered umslopogaas now umslopogaas ate and then they moved together slowly down the mountain and crossed the river by a ford for he wished to save his strength on the farther side of the river galazi hid himself in the reeds because his face was known and there umslopogaas bade him farewell not knowing if he should look upon him again afterwards he walked up to the great place of jikiza now when he reached the gates of the kraal he saw that many people were streaming through them and mingled with the people presently they came to the open space in front of the huts of jikiza and there the headmen were gathered together 
in the centre of them and before a heap of the skulls of men which were piled up against his doorpost sat jikiza a huge man a hairy and a proud who glared about him rolling his eyes fastened to his arm by a thong of leather was the great axe groan maker and each man as he came up saluted the axe calling it inkosikas or chieftainess but he did not salute jikiza and slopagas sat down with the people in front of the councillors and few took any notice of him except zinita who moved sullenly to and fro bearing gourds of beer to the councillors near to jikiza on his right hand sat a fat man with small and twinkling eyes who watched the maid zinita greedily young man thought umslopogaas is masilo the better for bloodletting will you be masilo presently jikiza spoke rolling his eyes this is the matter before you councillors i have settled it in my mind to give my stepdaughter zinita in marriage to masilo but the marriage gift is not yet agreed on i demand a hundred head of cattle from masilo for the maid is fair and straight a proper maid and moreover my daughter though not of my blood but masilo offers fifty head only therefore i ask you to settle it we hear you lord of the axe answered one of the councillors but first o unconquered you must on this day of the year according to ancient custom give public challenge to any man to fight you for the groan-maker and for your place as chief of the people of the axe this is a wearisome thing grumbled jikiza can i never have done in it fifty-three have i slain in my youth without a wound and now for many years i have challenged like a cock on a dunghill and none crow in answer oh now is there any man who will come forward and do battle with me jikiza for the great axe grow maker to him who can win it it shall be and with it the chieftainship of the people of the axe thus he spoke very fast as a man gabbles a prayer to a spirit in whom he has little faith then turned once more to talk of the cattle of masilo and of the maid zinita but suddenly umslopogaas stood up looking at him over the top of his war-shield and crying here is one o jikiza who will do battle with you for the axe groan-maker and for the chieftainship that is to him who holds the axe now all the people laughed and jikiza glared at him come forth from behind that big shield of yours he said come out and tell me your name and lineage you who would do battle with the unconquered for the ancient axe then umslopogaas came forward and he looked so fierce though he was but young that the people laughed no more what is my name and lineage to you jikiza he said let it be and hasten to do me battle as you must by the custom for i am eager to handle the groan-maker and to sit in your seat and settle this matter of the cattle of masilo the pig when i have killed you i will take a name who now have none now once more the people laughed but jikiza grew mad with wrath and sprang up gasping what he said you dare to speak thus to me you babe unweaned to me the unconquered the holder of the axe 
never did i think to live to hear such talk from a long-legged pup on to the cattle kraal people of the axe that i may hew this braggart's head from his shoulders he would stand in my place would he the place that i and my fathers have held for four generations by virtue of the axe i tell you all that presently i will stand upon his head and then we will settle the matter of Massilo. babble not so fast man quoth Upslopagas. or if you must babble speak those words which you would say ere you bid the sun farewell now jick is a choked with rage and foam came from his lips so that he could not speak but the people found this sport all except Massilo, who looked askance at the stranger tall and fierce and zinita who looked at Massilo and with no love so they moved down to the cattle kraal and galazi seeing it from afar could keep away no longer but drew near and mingled with the crowd End of chapter 16